The Die Hard Eagles podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of ED. Just go to GetRoman.com slash SGP to get $15 off your first month of treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by PropSwap. America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by the SGPN app. The SGPN app gives you easy access to all our picks, podcasts, and it's the exclusive place to enter all our contests, including... Our $1,000 NBA Finals free roll. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome, everyone, to the Die Hard Eagles podcast. I'm Sean, stacking the money green with my fellow diehards, Robbie and Justin. And the, you know what? I'm going to call it. It's Sirianni season right now. He's he's doing well in the press conferences. He's challenging Greg Ward to uh, three-point competitions. He, he extended the OTAs by giving up seven-on-sevens. This man can do nothing wrong right now. Robbie, how jacked up are you for uh, Nick Sirianni? I think I can't be higher considering he hasn't played one game or made any meaningful decisions. Very high on Sirianni right now. Look, I am all in love. The guy have watched all his interviews. I know his first one was a Rocky start. We've talked about that, you know, many times, but look, the guy seems genuine. I don't, I don't think it's an act. Um, I think he's just legit loves football He's in, you know, the most important thing is it seems like he is really connecting with the players already. I mean, I know these competition things, three point contests, they may seem a little hokey. They may seem a little unorthodox, but I I genuinely think it's getting the players to like them. And look, if they like the guy, they're going to buy in. So, you know, we're not going to know for real until we get to the season and we see how this all plays out. But I love it. I love his energy. I love the whole coaching staff's energy and I'm giving the guy a benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I'm all, I'm all in right now on Nick Sirianni uh, joining us as well. Fellow diehard, Justin, Justin, first off, how is uh how is life on the Island in Hawaii after your, uh, after you got a big shout out on the sports animals, ESPN AM radio, of course, called in to promote the new app name dropped you for your uh, fellow Hawaiians has, has fame gotten to your head already. Uh, it went to my head immediately. Uh, Sean, uh, by the way, thank you for mentioning me while you were on there. I got a quick call from my father-in-law actually. He was, he was uh, more hyped about it than I was when he gave me the call. So, uh, <laughs> I, I might be, I might be the favorite son-in-law now. Once again, we'll see, uh, that's to be determined, but it certainly didn't hurt that you uh, threw my name out there. Justin told me he's scared to even leave the house. It's just like mobs all over him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're all over Justin. Well, Justin, I mean, you know, I think your father-in-law, the appreciation of you, similar to our appreciations of uh, Nick Sirianni. Where are you at on the Nick Sirianni hype train? Are you are is there any is there any moment where you're trying to be a little cautious, or are you just going all in on Sirianni? 
Uh, I am. I'm going to be the realist here for once. Actually, I'm, I am a little cautious now. I did like the fact that the Eagles zigged when everybody was zagging. You know, they didn't go with Arthur Smith or Salah. I think. I think Sirianni may have been the right pick here, but I. I gotta pump the brakes a little bit because. He's he said pretty much the right things. I think he's got a great connection with the players right now, but really I just got to see how they play on the field in order to determine it. So I might not be hot on him right now. I'm, I'm a bit lukewarm, so I'm going to just pump the brakes a little bit. Look, I think too, though, it, it can't be underestimated cutting that deal. And I don't know if it was him or if it was Howie or a combination, but I really do think that was a big move and a huge step in the right direction. And the fact that him and the players came together to at least get on the field together is a huge positive. I mean, it, it, it might not be contacts. They're not in pads. They're, you know, just running drills. But just to get out there and get some reps in, I, I, I think was good. And, and whoever did make that first overture, whether it was a coach, management, a player, you know, kudos to them for coming together and working something out. Yeah, no, and especially with the new coach, new system, you really, I mean, these guys got to learn a lot. They got to learn the Sirianni way of catching screen passes, whatever sort of offense he's trying to install. They need to, they need to be out there and they need to be learning it. Um, yeah, I mean, if they only had a few days before going into training camp, I'd worry uh, how far they, they would be behind. I mean, I, I think they'd be totally screwed. I also... Uh, Speaking of totally screwed, Dallas Cowboys. I was hanging out right next to the Dallas Cowboys practice center. I went out there for a, a work conference for the uh, Fantasy Sports Gambling Association. Literally, the uh, the hotel we were staying at had a giant star on it. I'll tell you a couple things I noticed. Well, I, first off, did some reconnaissance. Robbie and Justin, <laughs> sharing the photos with you guys. Looked like they were running some sort of 11 personnel. Not intimidating at all. <laughs> It rained uh, one of those days, and I was out there jogging around the practice facility. Didn't see any Dallas Cowboys coming out of the uh, – they were scared of the rain. It was just me out there running, getting my miles in, doing some legit training. And uh, I also learned that spike ball is very popular in Dallas. There was a lot of uh, kids and teens playing spike ball out on the field after hours. I I know everyone is just penciling the Dallas Cowboys in to be number one in the NFC East. You look at the odds; they're number one. Everyone just assumes one that that uh, you know that Dak is going to come back and be a hundred percent, and that two Dak is going to be as good as he was in those first five games. And certainly he looked good, but he was playing a lot of garbage time. They still haven't answered or addressed the defensive secondary in my mind. It seems like we're in that part of the year, though. We we get here every year where people are hyping up the Dallas Cowboys. Justin, I mean, what's your what's your number one reason the Cowboys are going to suck this year? I mean, you kind of mentioned it there. You're talking about the defense and the secondary. I mean, that's that's a big question mark for them. I think the other things that you pointed out were, you know, Dak as well. I mean, the guy broke his leg. Um, everybody just pencils them in. They blurred the injury come right back. Yeah. He got the contract, uh, so everybody seems to say that Jerry Jones knows that he's going to be healthy and whatnot, but that's without him really, you know, touching a football and getting on the field and taking hits. Who knows how he's going to react once that happens? And then the last thing, in my in my opinion, is Zeke. We've just seen him flounder now year after year. I mean, he came in, he played great for them, but, you know, last year was not – 
uh, his best season by any means. He really <laughs> took a dive and who knows how he's going to play this season. And uh, I don't know if you've seen him lately, but I mean, it doesn't look like he's done much to, to better his uh, physical <laughs> it uh, is, look there. So it is funny that his celebration is the feed me thing, which is like eventually going to be his downfall as an NFL player. No, you got to stop doing the eat me thing. Zeke. You're going to, you're going to eat your way out of the league. Robbie, what's the, what's the biggest reason to be sour on the Cowboys? Not that we would need a reason. I mean, one, just them being the Cowboys is enough. But I, I feel like everyone is outside of, uh, well, in, and even inside the NFC East, it seems like everyone's just penciling in the Cowboys for a successful season. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with a lot of the points you guys have said. I mean, a, a couple things. One, I'm not sold on Mike McCarthy as an elite coach. I think yeah. – you know, he's fine, but he's not great. Um, you know, we'll see what he can do here. But uh, so that's number one. I, I agree, you know, with Zeke. I I think, you know, if you look at the statistics and I wish I had pulled them uh, before this podcast, but his number of touches is insane for, for mm -hmm. the point of career he is. I mean, at some point that's going to start wearing him down. And I think that's already started. I mean, you already see if if you if you browse the Cowboys Reddit, some guys are saying they're just as good with Pollard in there and, and things like that. So um, and, and at the end of the day, I do think their offense runs best when Zeke is when the offense is going through him. And I'm just not sure how much more that can happen. Their line also isn't as elite as it used to be. So that's another issue. And then obviously the defense. I mean, the defense is is not good uh, to say it mildly. So um, look, are they going to be a good team? Do they have a lot of playmakers on offense? Yeah, certainly. I think CD lamb's going to have an excellent second year. You know, obviously their other receivers are, are good, um, but I wouldn't just pencil them in as a shoe. in I, I think it's going to be a tough division again, and it's going to be a tight division. Yeah, it's going to be a tight division. And that's why everyone keeps saying the Eagles should just blow. There's a lot of people that just, Oh, blow it up. We want the, we want to, we want good draft picks next year. It's like, no, this is the NFL. You can't just blow that up. And, and you know, you hear people on talk radio, other, even Eagles podcasts, which I've heard there are, uh, say stuff like, Oh, what does winning the NFC East do for you? What do you mean? What does winning the NFC East do for you? It means you won the NFC East that that still means something to me. And I think if we win the NFC East, it means Jalen hurts is playing pretty well. It means we're not going to have to use any of those three first rounders to take a quarterback and all that cap space. So we can really load up weapons around him and solidify the defense and just for him to get playoff experience. I mean, the biggest failure in the Carson Wentz era was that he got no playoff experience. He got like six snaps and then just Avian Clowney took a cheap shot at the back of his head and it was all over. So I, I think, you know, getting hurts to the playoffs is huge. And, and, you know, just cause you can't win the super bowl and I'm not even going to concede that. Cause who knows we get in there, we'll see what happens. But I, I, I mean, come on, it's ridiculous to, to try and present ourselves like the Sixers where, Hey, let's just blow it up and, and have better picks. You don't do that in the NFL. It's insane. Now, I, Sean, I completely agree with you. And I'm not convinced the Eagles are going to be that bad. It, it's so dependent on Jalen hurts. Yeah. If he can play well, the Eagles can play well because I believe our offense has a lot of playmakers. And if our offensive line comes back healthy, I think they're a very good offensive line. So you know, then they have the same problem as the Cowboys, essentially a, a, a not good, potentially not good secondary. I still think their D lines could be pretty solid. Um, 
and who knows at that point, the team comes together, they play hard. Uh, the Jalen Hurts thing is the huge factor, and it could impact this team going forward so much if he plays well, like you said, with those three picks. If we don't have to package them to move up for a quarterback, I mean, we, we can really load up next year. Um, as an aside, I don't know if you guys saw that article about Jalen Hurts uh, that came out. I think it was posted on CBS Sports, just basically about his moxie from the time he got to Alabama. Kids, he lives on moxie. <laughs> uh, took control and just, you know, acted like he was the starter. I loved every second of it. It's exactly the attitude we le- need here in Philly. Obviously, he has to now back it up on the field, but I, I, I just love seeing the confidence that he has. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to second Rob on a lot of those points. The biggest point there being Jalen and the fact that, I mean, if he can do something, you know, put together a decent season, we could really ride him, um, especially if we play well this season and can ride that into the next season. Um, the big thing with him, too, is that I think a lot of people are just writing him off because it was a second round pick. I mean, you got to look at it, though, as a bonus for us, because if we could do something with that and get him and get that fifth year option with him as well as yeah. as a, a second round pick i mean that's money that is going towards something other than a quarterback which can be huge huge and really uh facilitate this team for the years to come it's that russell wilson uh formula where they had their nice run early on with uh russell wilson on the uh rookie contract aka danger russ all right we're going to talk a little bit more about the quarterback position but first want to shout out win bet that's right. All you got to do is go to winbet.com, W-Y-N-N-Bet.com. Head over there for a uh, instant deposit bonus up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. But, again, WinBet, they have you covered. You want to get in on some Eagles win total bets, Eagles to win the division, Eagles to win the Super Bowl, Nick Sirianni, Coach of the Year. Nick Sirianni, Coach of the Year at 50-1, to 1, I think is still one of my favorite uh, Eagles related bets out there because if the Eagles win the division right now, they're four to one, five to one, they win the division. Uh, he, I think he has a good chance to win coach of the year. And you know, he seems very personable. The media has kind of turned the corner on him. Nick Sirianni, 50 to one, give it a shot over at winbet.com and also prop swap prop swap. Of course, the best place to buy and sell sports betting tickets. That's right. Great if you're out of market uh, and you want to get some uh, real Vegas tickets, can't get to Vegas, all you got to do is go to PropSwap.com, use our promo code SGP. Again, you get up to $500 a bonus cash over at PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And, uh, you know, again, as the as the tickets go up and down in value, you can, you can buy or sell. For instance, you buy Eagles uh, to go to the Super Bowl, and as it goes, as the season goes along, they start winning games. It starts going up in value. You can probably sell it. I wouldn't recommend it, but hold on to that thing and uh, cash it out at the end. But it's a good place to buy and sell. Or if the Eagles get off to a slow start, you can buy one of those Super Bowl tickets off of uh, non-believing Eagles fans at a discounted rate. PropSwap.com promo code SGP. The Eagles in quarterback news got rid of their third quarterback, Jamie Newman. Which is uh, pretty pretty hilarious. Uh, undrafted free agent got cut even like just in the middle of OTAs. Kind of a surprise. He didn't even make it to camp as a camp arm. Now there's a hole for the third quarterback spot. I'll throw this name out there. I haven't uh, I haven't heard any sources connected to it, but Gardner Minshew of the Jags to me would be a fun guy to have as your uh, third quarterback, or probably. 
Maybe he ends up even beating out Flacco, and Flacco's just a guy that doesn't dress emergency role. We've seen enough out of Gardner Minshew to to kind of be interesting. And if you can get Gardner Minshew in here for like a six round pick, I think it's kind of worth rolling the dice. Justin, what are your thoughts on uh, what the Eagles should do at the third quarterback spot? I don't mind Gardner Minshew. The only issue I have with that is that he's kind of he's an electrifying, exciting player. And if you have Hurts have a couple bad games, you do need to worry about some, you know, podcasts out there and radio shows <laughs> and whatnot saying, hey, it's time to, you know, start Gardner. He's a young guy. He really didn't get a fair shake in Jacksonville, whatever it might be. So I would stay away from him, honestly. Just let Jalen take it from here. I like Flacco being there. He he's not really you know, it, hopefully he can provide some advice, but he's not going to take the position away from Hertz. Two guys that kind of stuck out to me uh, who could all, also offer up a little bit of experience and leadership to um, to Hertz would be RG3. I was never a big fan of him, but I think, you know, kind of style of play. Although RG3 is more of a run first guy, pass second. And I think Hertz is, is actually more of a pass first, you know, QB. And then he's thinking to run if he has to. But I think he could offer up a little bit of uh, help there. Another guy who stuck out to me, who's, who's, who's been fun in the past a little bit for Arizona, at least, uh, Drew Stanton. I think he could offer up, you know, a little bit of um, experience as well and point him out in the right direction with some things in the locker room and watching tape and whatnot. So those were two that stuck out to me drew stanton yeah that's that's a name i didn't have on my list robbie any thoughts on uh what we should do third quarterback i mean look the honest answer is it doesn't matter uh (laughs) whoever we bring in it's it's really irrelevant i mean we brought flacco in uh as as I, i presume largely a mentor and a guy who could come in and be serviceable but look if hertz goes down it doesn't matter who our second third quarterback is it's going to tank the season. Let, let's just call it what it is. And at that point, if he if he either goes down or if he plays terrible, we're going to be all in on a quarterback next year. And no matter who our third string is, second string is, it's not going to change that. So, you know, sure, bring in a body. I, I tend to agree with Justin. I don't think I'd go for Minshew. I don't, I don't want to, you know, create any controversy. You know, Stanton I'd be fine with, but um, I, again, I, I just don't think it matters. Cause I think this is, this year is all about Jalen hurts. Either he's going to perform or we're going to be packaging three picks to move up and get a quarterback next year. I will say though, I think that third body does help just another guy in there to watch tape, get some more ideas from, especially an experienced guy. I mean, we did see what McCown did, you know, and how he was yeah. able to galvanize some of the team there. So I think it does help to a certain extent. I do to understand what Rob is saying. It does come down to Hertz and his ability though. Colt McCoy would be another guy I would throw out there. He actually looked okay. Probably even better than Daniel Jones a couple times when he filled in. <laughs> Something that does matter, and and it certainly matters a lot for the Eagles, who is going to be playing wide receiver? It seems obvious that uh, Devonta Smith, he's going to be a starting wide receiver on the outside. Jalen Rager seems to be the other starting wide receiver, but, uh, you know, you could really – it's pretty interesting what's going to happen because Rager was mentioning that he may be playing in the slot – um, of course though, when, when we saw some of the, uh, OTAs and some of the practices they were running, they had Rager and Devonta Smith on the outside, but Greg Ward was inside at the slot. I ultimately think 
Travis Fulgham and Devonta Smith on the outside with Rager in the slot is their best scenario, but it's it's tough to take Greg Ward off the field because all the guy does is get open and catch balls. Robbie, what do you uh, what do you think they should go with to start the season or at least early on? And where do you want to see them get uh, get to with the uh, receivers? Sean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think the linchpin in this decision is Travis Fulgham. Was he yeah. a was he a quick flash, or is he going to be able to sustain some some success? Because if he can be an outside guy and if he can be productive, then I think you got to move Rager to the slot. If he can't, then I think you got to have Rager on the outside because, look, I like Greg Ward. I think he he's made some great catches, but I don't think he's ever going to be that elite playmaker, whether in the slot or elsewhere, uh, that some of these other guys could. So at the end of the day, could he be bumped out if Fulgham emerges on the outside? I, I, you know, Rager's got to be on the field. Hopefully he comes back. Hopefully he looks a lot quicker this year. I, you know, I thought there were times last year where – I just didn't see that speed that he was advertised to have. And maybe a lot of that was the offense. Maybe, you know, maybe he was nicked up. I'm not sure, but uh, you know, this, I think it all comes down to Fulgham. I'm still concerned. And I don't think we've ever got a definitive answer. Why did he drop off the face of the earth last year? I mean, the guy had the four best game stretch of basically any wide receiver in the league. I mean, and then it was just nothing, not in the game, no touches, you know, either Doug really just didn't know what he was doing. The guy was hurt. Maybe it was a combination. Maybe defense has shifted. But whatever it was, we've never gotten an explanation. I'd love to know, and I'd love to see what he can do next this year. Yeah. Certainly possible. Justin, where are you at with the receivers? Yeah, I'm with Rob kind of with most of this. I think with the Fulgham, though, I mean, the rumors out there have been, you know, he's, he had a little bit of an injury there, and then defensive did did start to shift against him a little bit more because he was advertised as pretty much our only weapon at at a few points there in the season. But um, I am going to go with Rob here. I mean, if, if uh, Fulgham can prove that he can do something, yeah, throw him on the outside, put Rager in the slot and see what we can do with these guys. Um, I will say though, that I don't think Ward is ever going to be that elite player, but I don't think you need your third receiver to be necessarily an elite player. If he can play well in the slot and Fulgham can't prove to be the guy in, on the outside, then um, I would stick with Ward in the middle uh, in the slot and then go with Rager and um, go with Smith on the outside, see what we can do. Yeah, I mean, I was, just uh, go ahead, Sean. Well, yeah, I mean, there was that that year where uh, Aguilar was looking so good in seventeen, where he was really, I mean, that one game, uh, the Panthers in particular, where he just had that amazing burst. That's what you dream of in the slot position. But certainly, there is value, especially with a younger quarterback, to having a guy like Greg Ward that you can just put out there on third down that you know is going to run past the sticks and is going to catch the ball and will probably get open. He's not going to break it for a touchdown, but he's reliable. And there certainly is, you know, if you have Rager and Devonta Smith, maybe you don't need that kind of explosive playmaker. Maybe you are better off just with someone reliable like Ward. What, where were you going with that? Rob? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, look, there's something to be said for the possession guy and, and having someone reliable who's going to get to the sticks. And I think Greg Ward does that and I don't want to sell him short, but I do think that at the end of the day, it, it can really elevate your offense when you have that real shifty, really fast guy in the slot crossing uh, with the speed guys on the outside. And then obviously you have Goddard. I mean, that becomes very tough matchups when you have that speed and explosiveness crossing the middle, getting it to guys in space. Um, you know, the other thing I think we should factor in is it does sound 
like Sirianni is going to use our running backs a lot more in the pass game, whether he shifts them to the slot and crosses them over or uses the screen game. You know, I think that's going to be a big part of our offense this year as well. So that, that could make up for maybe some of the shiftiness that's lost by Greg Ward, you know, bumping miles out, having him go over the middle. Now he's got to catch the ball. He's got to improve his hands this year, but I think that could be something to watch as well. Breaking a news story, or at least something that's kind of come out in the vein of the Eagles are dysfunctional and Howie Roseman has his favorites. The Fletcher Cox story where apparently Cox was maybe involved in some personnel decisions and, uh, you know, like who, who is going to be the D line coach and maybe who even plays next to him. I, it, it's so weird. Some of this Howie Roseman front office stuff. Again, it just brings me back to when Jeffrey Lurie, sh- you know, did the clean slate and got rid of Doug and got rid of Carson. He really should have gone full clean slate and got rid of Howie uh, as well. Though. I mean, I am happy with what Howie has done in the draft, but Fletcher Cox not showing up at OTAs, I think, is just it's kind of annoying from Fletcher Cox. And when you're a superstar player, maybe you can get away with it. But now, you know, these past couple of years, he's not been quite as dominant. He's still good. I don't know. I'm kind of annoyed at Fletcher Cox right now. Justin, where are you at with Cox? I mean, I'm annoyed with Cox, but I will say that this just speaks more to the team and the organization than it does Fletcher Cox. I feel like the yeah. Eagles should be plastered on the story than Fletcher should be because this was talking about Fletcher. Yes. And you know, the, the rumors that are going around where, you know, he's not putting pulling his weight as far as, you know, trying to get more fit and be the best player he could possibly be and whatnot. But it's like, it's the same story I've seen. I feel like several times from this team, when you go, is this the team leaking out information to make him look bad for a certain reason? Maybe they're trying to motivate him or maybe they just don't want him on the team anymore. Like what's the situation or is this a true, you know, story that a journalist really went in and did their work and was finding out real information. And I hate just the fact that my mind goes back and forth and I'm trying to Columbo this shit and figure out who's, who's at the bottom of this. Well, it, it, I yeah, feel it, like with most teams, it's like the story's cut and dry. It's like, okay, Fletcher needs to get his shit in order and we need to get this team going. But uh, I, I start reading the tea leaves and trying to sift through this all the time. It's just a frustration thing with the organization overall. Well, yeah, me, it's, at least. It, it's interesting. Usually it's pretty obvious to see who figure out who leaked the information. But for this story, I don't know who leaked it. Maybe it must have just been a, a one of the defensive line coaches that uh, Fletcher Cox allegedly got fired. Because <laughs> who else benefits from it, right? Like Fletcher Cox isn't putting this story out. The team isn't putting this story out because it makes them look horrible. I mean, the new coaching staff, if they wanted to send a message to Fletcher Cox, you wouldn't do it this way because then it just it, it makes everyone look bad. Robbie, who do you who do you think was kind of behind this story, and what do you make of it? Yeah, it could be a form of former disgruntled coach or maybe even player that that you know maybe a player's getting sick of the special treatment he's getting and and, and they oh, leak that too i mean yeah. look, no player you know maybe a quarter an elite level quarterback like top five but other than that should have any say in a coaching staff a d lineman should not have say in the no. coaching staff um nor should he have say in the players around him i mean you're out there to perform you're the, yeah, I think, is he still the highest played player on the team? I, he might be quite honestly so, right yeah. now. I believe so. And, you know, as the highest played player on the team, he's got to be there at OTAs. It's time to, to step into your leadership role and it's time to do those extra things to keep your body going. And it, 
you know, there are periods in the season and we've talked about this last year where he does disappear at times. And I don't know if it's just because he's getting double teamed, but you know, there's a lot of guys getting double teamed and, and they're finding a way. So, you know, if he wants to be the guy, you know, additional responsibilities come with that. And I'm not sure we've always seen that from him. And I'd like to, I like Fletcher Cox a lot. I think he is a hell of a player, um, but he needs to be consistent in that role. Rob, you don't think additional responsibilities are choosing coaches and players? <laughs> I do not. No, <laughs> just kidding. Oh, and perfect uh, transition. Fletcher Cox coming up a little short when it comes to leadership, when it comes to his conditioning and uh, if you're coming up short in the bedroom, make sure you check out Roman. All you got to do is go to getroman.com slash SGP. Check it out. You get a free virtual evaluation. Doesn't get any easier than that. You don't even have to leave your home. Much like Fletcher Cox, who hasn't left his home to attend OTAs. Just get it treated. What are you, what are you doing? And uh, it could be a serious medical condition. Uh, makes sense to have a doctor get it checked out. Go to GetRoman.com slash SGP for $15 off uh, each month for your medication. Go to GetRoman.com slash SGP. Medication's right for you, $15 off. Speaking of uh, senior vets, Zach Ertz. Robbie, the next time we're talking, are we are we talking about Zach Ertz finally being uh, traded or cut. What, what's going to happen? What's the Zachary story? Just trade him to Buffalo already. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, I'm all for that. I, I, I prefer to trade him. Uh, even if it's like a six round pick, let's just unload him. My big fear is I, I, I don't want to give, give in to them. You know, I would keep him quite honestly, but I am a little concerned. We're building a new culture. Yeah, is he going to fit into that? Um, you can't uh, my big him. concern is I don't want to just wave him. He's going to go right to Indianapolis, play with uh, Carson again, and it just rewards two guys for not <laughs> stepping up and being loyal to the team. So I'm hoping we trade him. Yeah, I, I why? I mean, just take the sixth rounder. There, there's rumors that like they're they're maybe they're going to keep him because then. Uh, you know, then they get the conditional pick the year after. There's no way you can keep Zach Ertz because then you're paying Zach Ertz $8 million. You're going to have to run 12 personnel, which is just not what we want to do with this team. And it's going to be a just get a sluggish nightmare. Don't do that. It makes no sense. Just, I mean, I'm fine cutting him at this point, even if he ends up in Indianapolis, which I don't think he will. Someone's going to sign him. And I hope, I hope we just trade him to Buffalo. Uh, and, and they get the money figured out. Justin, final answer. What happens to Zach Ertz? The next, when the 2021 season starts, who is Zach Ertz playing for? Uh, I think Ertz gets cut. I do think he actually ends up in Buffalo. I mean, from what I was reading, it looks like he's only going to make about 3 or $4 million uh, when he signs with his next team, which just seems insane to me how low his market has fallen, but I guess other teams don't necessarily need a tight end bad enough um, to pay him any more than that. And it's pretty crazy considering he was uh, apparently in 2019 for that extension was offered roughly 10 million or more. We never got a specific amount, but apparently it might've made him the highest paid TD at uh, tight end at the time. So it's, it's just kind of crazy within the past two years, how far Ertz has fallen. And the one thing I just wanted to ask you guys is why have, Philly fans turned so much on Ertz. I mean, I know he had a couple of rough two seasons, but I mean, the guy had broken ribs trying to fight for a playoff game for us. Yeah. Like, and we, we, we've kind of turned against him. It's kind of sad. I mean, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing to me to a certain extent, but yeah, I, it is I, what I, it is. 
I, I like Ertz. I'll always like Ertz. Um, I, I think it was just one of those scenarios to me that, you know, we're looking to get younger. We're looking to kind of reload. And I'm not sure he fit into that long-term picture in terms of the cap hit. If he does, I'm fine keeping him. If he's all in and he wants to be here, I think he could be a leadership role. Um, you know, the guy had some phenomenal years. Did he drop off a little last year? Yes. Was that maybe just the dysfunction of the offense? Probably a big part of that. I think he definitely has some good years left. So, I mean, I, I, I don't question the guy. I think he likes the city a lot. Uh, you know, does he still want to be here? I, I, I don't know. Oh, I agree with you, Rob. I think it is more obviously a team thing and a business decision more than anything with the team. But I think there's just fans out there who have turned into like anti-Hertz guys. And I just don't quite understand that aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, Ertz is a, Ertz is a true Eagle. He, he got the game winning, uh, you know, or the go ahead touchdown in the Super Bowl. I got an autograph Zach Ertz ball right behind me. I, you know, Ertz, Ertz is up there with all time Eagles. He's going to, he's going to be, you know, in the Eagles ring of honor and all that stuff. I, I think, you know, his attitude uh, for some of the season last year and the way he was letting the contract stuff get in the way of the play on the field, that didn't help his case, but it didn't do enough to damage it that it's going to impact how I feel about Ertz long term. But certainly it's like, you know, come on, dude. Uh, you know, he was really being a baby about the contract and clearly impacted his play on the field. Although I'll put most of the blame on Carson Wentz not being able to throw the goddamn football. Let's end on a positive note. Preseason. Hold on, Sean, before you yeah. go there, I think there's one other thing we should, you know, since we're talking tight end, you know, I don't know if you saw Goddard's uh, interview, but it, it was thrown out there that the two sides have started yes. uh, extension talks and they haven't like got it. there yet. Um, you know, I think that's something maybe we want to talk about. Where are you guys on the extension? Do you do it now? Do you wait till after the year? See how he proves himself as the number one guy. Um, you know, I'm kind of the mind. I think you do it now. If you get a little discount, if, you know, if he wants the same money, he's going to get on the open market. Then I think you just wait till after the season, you could always tag him. I don't think the tight end tag is that bad. Um, but if he's going to give you a little discount to get his guarantee now, lock him up, I think I would do it. Yeah, I'm actually, I, I say hold off on the extension. I, I know the angle of like, you want to lock him up, you get, you get a favorable rate, but again, we haven't seen uh, Dallas Goddard as a number one tight end yet. When also he's had a bunch of like nagging weird injuries throughout his career. I mean, I'm super high on Dallas Goddard. I think he has a huge year, but I'm fine rolling the dice and making him prove it and just saying like, hey, dude, if you have a massive year, that's fine. You know, we have so much cap space. I'm not worried about us being able to figure out a deal with Dallas Goddard if he has a massive year. I think that's a good problem to have. What I wouldn't want to do is sign Goddard to this long extension and then end up having some dead money if his injury, uh, you know, if his injuries start flaring up or if he, he just isn't, you know, a number one tight end. So I say wait on the extension. Where are you at, Justin? I hear what you're saying, Sean, and you know what? Normally, I'd probably be with that, but uh, I'm going to go with Rob here and say I think we should lock him up, and reason being is we have such a young team, and I think if you can solidify Hurts, if he has a great year, you got him then, then you have Smith, you have Regor, who are all young, and then if you can lock in Goddard to go along with that, you got a solid foundation for the next, you know, four years at least. So I, I'd lock him up. I mean, the only the only guy in there who I might say after a year or two we got to look at would be Miles. But that's something you come to later on with a running back. So I wouldn't be too concerned with that at the moment. 
Miles is going to be a super tough decision. I, I just that will be yeah. It's so hard to justify putting a lot of money into a running back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's the same way. Yeah. He's had injury issues. He's had, certainly had some, you know, super highs. I'm high on him coming into this year, but it's it's a very similar uh, thing as Goddard. Robbie, what are you uh, looking forward to most in the preseason games? One particular player, Devonta Smith, is too easy, so I'm going to take him off the board. Who is uh, one guy you're looking to see in, in preseason games? Less than what? You know, less than 60 days away. You know, I want to see Jordan Mailata. Um, I, I I think this is his chance to shine. I, I think he can emerge. Um, I, I don't recall if we talked about this on the last episode, but there was some great, uh, there were great interviews by both Malata and Dillard, quite honestly, um, about the competition that's ongoing. And it seems like they're going to let the two play it out and the best man's going to win it. I have to believe Malata has the edge. Um, but I will say I, I watched Dillard and he did seem to have a little bit of a newfound confidence in fire, which I liked, but, um, you know, so hopefully he can turn into a player as well, but I'm excited to see my I want to see him emerge. He, he played really well last year. I mean, to think just a couple of years ago, this guy had no football experience is amazing to where he's become and potentially now our starting left tackle. Justin, who do you got? Who do you got on the list? I don't want to say hurts because I feel like you're not going to see too much of him anyways, preseason wise. Uh, maybe he'll get a few reps and he's kind of an obvious answer there. So um, I'm going to say Regor. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see what he can do. I mean, you should be able to see a little bit of a jump from him from last year. Um, see what he can do, hopefully against these other cornerbacks that are coming after him. Um, and hopefully he's able to show some flashes early on so that we can, you know, get behind him for the rest of the season. I'm going to go out and say Landon Dickerson, the uh, second year or, you know, the, the uh, rookie offensive lineman that we took in the second round of the draft. I think, I mean, if they are playing him in preseason, that means he's going to be probably okay to play for the regular season. And I'd love to see him out there healthy. Cause then you just feel so good about that offensive line. If he, if he's out there and is everything, um, you know, that he's hyped up to be and, and he's healthy, then I feel great about our offensive line because him being healthy, uh, we, we're going to have so much depth. Assuming, you know, assuming my lot of starts and we keep Dillard as a backup, that's a great backup to have. Jack Driscoll on the right tackle, that's a great backup to have. Um, and then Dickerson backing up the centers and guards. I, I think you're, you know, I think our offensive lineman, uh, you know, is going to be in a good spot and can even weather the storm with some uh, potential injuries. So I think we're going to be in a, uh, in a pretty good spot there. So I really want to see what he does and how healthy he is, uh, coming out of the gates there. All right. That'll do it for the diehard Eagles podcast on the sports gambling podcast network. Make sure you subscribe to our diehard Eagles uh, podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, wherever great podcasts to download. Make sure you uh, download our app, the SGPN app in the app store now and our NBA uh, finals contest wrapping up uh, end of next week. So still a chance to get in there for your chance to win a thousand dollars. For the Diehard Eagles podcast, I'm Sean stacking the money green. For Robbie, for Justin, go birds. Go, go birds. birds.